this episode of 9-2-Y Talks, actress and comedian Allie Wentworth sits down with Deborah Messing to discuss her new book, Go Ask Allie, where she channels her inner dear Abby to deliver tips, pointers, and judgments on life's stickiest situations. The conversation was recorded on April 25th, 2018, in front of a live audience at New York's 92nd Street Y. I am so delighted to be here with all of you and my amazing friend, Allie Wentworth, tonight. I have had the great pleasure of knowing her for about eight years and consider her one of my sisters. Allie is a woman who has been compared to Nora Ephron for her incisive wit and observations. Jerry Seinfeld has said, everything that comes out of Allie Wentworth's mouth is funny. Alec Baldwin described her as funny, warm, and crazy all at once, like Barbara Eden, but on something like crystal meth. <laughs> and I think she's Wonder Woman, Betty Crocker, Dr. Ruth, Christiane Amanpour, and Mother Teresa, all wrapped up in a gut-splitting package. An author, her latest book, Go Ask Allie, channels her inner dear Abby and draws upon her own singular experiences as a wife, mother, daughter, friend, actress, you get the point. And by the way, the book is for sale and Allie will be signing after our conversation, so get your cash ready. She is a woman who never shrinks from talking about the embarrassing or just plain ludicrous, as well as the existential and the profound and those musings provide an inimitable worldview. Please welcome my hero, Allie Wentworth. I love you. I love you. Hi. I love that, I love that a night of comedy, uh, Curtis ended with AIDS and then called you out. <laughs> She's the funniest woman ever. Oh, no, so not. So not. You are. You are. Okay. Yeah, but so are you. You are. Okay. Um, Allie, what I love about this book is that it is not just light, playful humor. In every chapter, you share very personal stories that have shaped the way you see and experience the world, thereby giving you a strong point of view. Yes. So I guess the question is, how old were you when you realized you were a know-it-all? I mean, anybody that is a know-it-all isn't really a know-it-all. They just pulled out of their ass in a way that sounds very smart. So um, I think I really became a know-it-all um, at birth. <laughs> uh, I used to say I could talk, but I couldn't talk because I was three days old. Um, I, the, it's not the know-it-all. It it's all about how you present. Um, and I'll give you a perfect example. Please. I'm going to give you a political example. Yes! Because I know you're part of the resistance. Woo! Um, <laughs> I'm neither, because I'm married to George Stephanopoulos. He's <laughs> not here. Um, but, but Donald Trump goes out, and he is assertive. And aggressive, he's like the coach on the baseball team. And he goes out and he goes, and this, and jobs, and this. And everyone goes, yeah, yeah. And that's what I do. When you come to me for advice, I go, don't do the reboot of Will and Grace. That's a horrible idea. <laughs> and you 
you believe me, because I do it with conviction. So as long as you do you it do. with conviction, yeah, then you can sort of get away with anything. Who did you turn to for advice as a kid? Oh, Lord have mercy. I think um, my mother, a little bit. Yeah. My sister, Sissy, who's here. Um, yes, give it up for Sissy. Sissy. Uh, my mother, my mother, her name is Muffy, so that's all you really need to know. Um, uber wasp, uber Jew. Um, I'll give you a perfect example of my mother and her advice. So I was living in Los Angeles and I had been engaged to a comedy writer. I don't want, uh, let's not do his real name, Les Firestein. And <laughs> it stays in the room. Um, even the live feed stays on the live feed. And we were engaged, and uh, it just I, I just sort of knew. I trusted my gut, and there's actually a chapter about trusting your gut in relationships. Mm -hmm. And I, I broke up with him. It was around the 4th of July, and I thought, okay, I'm going to rent a bungalow in Santa Monica, and I am going to have my summer of love. I'm going to listen to Joni Mitchell. I'm going to put toothpicks in those avocado pits and just let them grow all over the place. <laughs> You know, it's going to be my sexual revolution because I'm a wasp, so this has been spackled shut for my whole life. And I thought, of course, Les is going to be devastated. He will probably be in a mental hospital because once you lose this... Yeah. So I got my little bungalow, and it wasn't like that. I was basically in my Lance nightgown watching, watching Lifetime movies alone. And one day I decided... You know what, I'm gonna call our old answering machine because you know people might be trying to find me, they don't know we broke up. The truth is, he had a new answering machine, but I hacked the code. And what I heard was, uh, and it was actually, it was actually on Will and Grace, a, a version of it. What I heard was, yes, Mr. Firestein, we are just confirming your private charter for you and your wife in the Bahamas. Thank you. Whoops! I to say I, I came undone, I mean, for the women in the audience, because the men won't admit it, there has been a moment in your life where you just, you just circle the drain. And it's usually because of a guy yeah. where you just, you know, you sit outside his apartment all night to see who's coming out. You go through his garbage. Uh, I'm not the only one. <laughs> so I, I freaked out and I, I didn't sleep for like three days and um, girl, children, close your ears, and I chain smoked. This was a long time ago. And I was a complete wreck and I thought I had destroyed my life and made the worst mistake. And so I called my mother and I was hysterically crying, it's not coming out. And I said, oh my God, I made this huge mistake. My life is over. I never should have broken up the moon. This is a story. And you go to the Bahamas and she got big tits. <laughs> And I finally decided, oh, my mother, I let my mother say something. So there's a long pause, and my mother goes, oh, Allie, nobody goes to the Bahamas in July. <laughs> so that's the kind of advice I got from my mother, and it actually pulled me out of it for a second. Oh, I my went, God. Yeah. That is yeah. genius. Yeah. No, it was helpful. Zoloft helped more, but yes. that was helpful. I mean, you know, like you said, it's one of the major themes of the whole book is having a gutsy gut. Yes. And I and I. By the way, I should say that this is not like a Dear Abby book because no, no not at no. all. But it is sort of based on mistakes that I've made, and I'm trying to save you from making the same mistakes. And I also have cautionary tales that I'm just going to spit one out right now. Don't hire a hot babysitter. 
<laughs> and I know that sounds dumb and redundant, but yet everybody does it all the time. I have three friends that have lost their husbands to the hot babysitter. There's a reason George and I had a 90-year-old Filipino with no teeth. <laughs> hang out in a bakery, do you? No. I just, but they, people still do it. And they, I'm totally confident. I don't care. My babysitter's hot. All right, yeah, see you in three I years. I had a hot baby nurse for like a hot second, and she was just walking around with her little juicy couture, like little things. Oh, and her, no. And her butt was literally like oh, a right With juicy written that's on it. That's right. And I was like the size of Montana and well, just wanted how, to kill myself. This I was like, chapter, so I take you through the whole thing. I'm like, you're in your 90. Yeah. You're 60 pounds overweight. <laughs> you're, you have a maxi pad because you just had an episiotomy. You're eating a week old crumb cake because you don't care because you look like shit. And in comes Danny with an eye, and she's got like. <laughs> she's just come from Pilates, and she's like, hey, I'm here to take the kid to the park. And it's like wedged up her ass, and she's like tan, and it's not spray tan. She's like a lifeguard. And. I fast forward, I take you through all the things, like you can't be friends with her, you can't, you know, all yeah. that stuff. And you can't make her your friend because you don't have friends that look like that. <laughs> and at the end of the chapter, she and your husband are the Turks and Caicos, and you're living on 112th in West End, and you're seeing your kids every other weekend. <laughs> because you hired a hot babysitter. Bad decision. I mean, come on, duh. I mean, that's the, that's the kind of advice that you're gonna get in this book. Yeah, I mean, smart. it's literally... It's literally family saving yeah, advice. It is. So I mean, buy it for everybody you know if it you is. want people to be happy. I love your shilling for me. Woo! I love it. Okay, there in the chapter called Insta Slam. Yeah. You talk about your resistance to getting an Instagram account. Yes. And you talk about your daughter. Yeah. And I was there too. Yeah. And we were pressuring you uh, to get one, and we were saying, oh, it's an important tool to promote your TV show, Nightcap, yeah. right? Yeah, it's good for your brand. Right. Brand. And so she got it, and we were all very excited. But then you go on to talk about how addictive it is and that it is a farce. And you say, we know it's a farce. They know they're posting a form of fiction. When was the last time you saw a post of someone in the throes of food poisoning or crying on the toilet or any sliver of authentic life? It is like being blasted with everyone's Christmas card 50 times a day. <laughs> Which now, is genius. But by the way, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something about you. If she takes a picture of me, she does all these filters and all of a sudden it's Gigi Hadid and Deborah Messick. I'm like, that's me? No, it's Gigi and Bella. Oh, Gigi and Bella, yeah. Because here's my thing about social media. And my sweet daughter, Elliot, convinced me to get it. And it is part of my, Harper and Elliot, my kids, it's part of their norm, I get it. I didn't grow up with it. So for me, I'm both addicted to it and repelled by it. I'm addicted right. to it because I'm now this person. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And now I'm like, oh my God, they got a dog. I don't know these people. <laughs> Who cares that they got a dog? I'm like, oh, it's a cute dog. I wonder what they were for Halloween. I don't know these people. Why am I looking at their Instagram? And so I, um, I can go down the rabbit hole really fast. But and then you, you, you also tell a story about posting an old picture from the 1950s of four sassy women, and it got you into a lot of trouble. Well, yes. Can you please share what yes. happened? So um, I, I found this funny picture, like big bouffant, like crazy looking ladies, and I just tagged 
one of them was you. <laughs> she was the crazy short one with the red hair yeah. that was on fire. Yeah. Right. So I sort of tagged them because they looked like people I knew. And then another friend of mine was upset. She was like, why didn't you put me in the picture? And I was like, oh, it's, 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 blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, that's crazy. And as I'm texting her saying, oh my God, I would never hurt your feelings. I see on Instagram, another friend of mine had a party and there were all these people and it was supposed to be just family. But then I see Brooke Shields, Brooke Shields. They didn't even know Brooke Shields. Why is she at the party? So then I'm jealous of Brooke Shields from Blue Lagoon. And <laughs> I'm upset with that friend. This friend's upset with mine. I threw my phone under the pillow until I heard that ding. And then I raced <laughs> and tried to find it. <laughs> so it's, it's still a slippery slope for me. So, it really is. All right, so the lesson is you have too many friends. No, no, these, I don't know these people. All these, no, all these people want you to tag them. No, they don't. I get like four <laughs> likes and I go, oh my God, I have four likes. Deborah Messing has 12,352,000. Yeah, and the other thing is that the chemical that is excreted from your brain when you're swiping and that getting likes sexual. is, well, I'm sure we're going to get to that, yes. is the same chemical that's excreted when you play the slots in Vegas. I mean, it's literally a, an adrenaline rush. So that's my PSA. Don't do Instagram. Okay, can you please define for the audience the word squad? <laughs> okay, so Deborah and I... A lot of people have asked me this question, yes, so that's why I we, have to... We, you know, we hang out with some other ladies, and Mariska Hargitay, and she, I think she, she first did it. She yeah. hashtag squad, yes. and it sort of had legs, and it became this thing, squad, 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 and... I have friends that are like, how do I get into squad? I'm like, it's not a thing. It's, it's not, not a thing, thing at all. You know? My daughters are like, we don't have a squad. I'm like, there's no squad. George is like, can I get into squad? I'm like, no. Not I with a penis. An application. Yeah. Not with a penis. So yeah, it's sort of, it's, it's again, Did well, you, depends on the dude. But oh, um, Did it, your mom have a cluster of friends that she yes. would go to for advice? Yes. She my would mother, give advice yes, to? Yes, my mother always has said to us, you know, don't underestimate your women friends. They're going to get you through life. And I believe that. And a lot of this book is... Uh, yeah. Um, a lot of this book is about how women... Um, women are the great communicators, and women share information. I mean, there's a reason we used to all, it takes a village. Mm -hmm. I mean, listen, if we were living on an island, you'd be breastfeeding Harper. I'd be taking, you know, <laughs> yeah. you just, you do it together and you share information. Um, and I'll tell you, uh, here's another piece of advice about marriage. I learned that your husband doesn't have to be your best friend. Like, he doesn't. George is fantastic. You just don't like him enough to but, call him your best friend. No, but friend. if I said, <laughs> no. I call him my friend. Okay. Um, but for instance, if he, uh, if, if somebody we know is getting divorced and I yeah. go, oh my God, I can't believe Mickey and Minnie are getting divorced. George will say, oh, it's really sad. I'll go, we need to chew on this for like two hours. What do you mean? <laughs> he won't do that. You want to go deep. That. Yes. You want to go deep. Yes. And also like medical stuff. I don't go to like WebMD. I... I text my friend Tracy Pollen and I go, these are the symptoms, and she's like, go to the ER. All right, I'm going. And these are my girlfriends. I don't care. I don't, this is, I take all my incoming advice from my girlfriends. And I obviously give faux advice back. 
Okay, one of my favorite chapters you wrote is on kindness. And um, you introduced a new term that really made me sit up and sort of look at kindness in a new way. It's called conscious soothers. And uh, you're making me sound so smart. I know. Well, I thought I would do a little bit of that. Thank you. Um, hold on. Hold on. Quote, please. I did my homework. <laughs> She's like reading something from Moby yes. Dick and giving me credit. So accessing kindness can be a Herculean task. And I don't mean dropping change in a homeless person's cup or picking up your dog's poop even when no one is watching. <laughs> Those are conscious soothers not acts of authentic, active kindness. That requires turning it up a notch. Right. So I must admit that I thought giving money or food to the homeless was an active act of kindness. So yeah, I suck. It's not real But kindness. you Do you give have a whole will and grace salary to a homeless person? I'm a single mom, you all, all right, know. All right. But you have a completely different metric. Yes, So all right. I would like you to talk to the audience about Michelle Obama. Okay. And your kind act. Okay. All right, I'm not scared. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was living with George in Washington, D.C. when the Obamas came in. And you didn't know her yet? I didn't know them. You never met them? Never met them. Okay, that's important to the story. Yes. And they were coming to Washington. I knew they didn't know anybody. I, they were bringing some of their Chicago pals in. And I was walking down the cobblestone street in Georgetown, and I went into this kind of little preppy store. It looked like a Lily Pulitzer AA meeting had happened in there. And <laughs> I, I was looking around, you know, do I want a lobster iPhone case? And <laughs> I saw this beautiful cocktail dress, and I thought, I should buy that for Michelle Obama. Because it's sleeveless and she's got guns. And I thought it was so pretty and she doesn't know anybody here. And so they wrapped it up with a big ribbon. And I wrote a card and I said, welcome to Washington. We're so happy to have you here. At least Stephanopoulos. <laughs> so I gave it to a friend of mine that worked in the protocol office. I don't know if she ever got the dress. I'm sure it was like sent to McLean and they were like looking for all kinds of crazy terrorist stuff. But, and to this day, whenever she's on TV, I have friends that, that'll call me and go, is she wearing your dress? <laughs> and I would do it again. I would do it again. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not ashamed. It was a pure no agenda. I just wanted to say, you're coming into a city. You don't know anybody. Welcome to, welcome, welcome to America. No, welcome to DC. Is it just me or who does that? Crazy people. Crazy people. Crazy people. I, I mean, yes, you've never bought me a dress. So like, what the fuck? I know. <laughs> Sorry, Elliot. Sorry, Harper. No, note to self. Get Deborah to fuck off. I'll tell you another story, too. That Please. This, uh, this is not an act of kindness. This is, this is a, I'm trumpeting my stupidity here. But when we were living in D.C., George and I went to Donald Rumsfeld's Christmas party. <laughs> and, you know, which was a, it wasn't Coachella. <laughs> um, and... We, we walked in and, you know, Dick Cheney's pulling garnish off his shrimp and <laughs> Cond Condoleezza Rice, who's got a beautiful voice, was singing Christmas carols way too loud. And we're kind of walking around and I talked to Mr. Rumsfeld and he was, we, I said, we have dachshunds. And he was like, oh, I love dachshunds. I have a dachshund. And I go, oh, we have so much in common. 
And he said, I actually have a new puppy. You want to see it? A puppy, a dachshund. And I said, yeah, absolutely. He goes, come on down. So I followed Donald Rumsfeld, Secretary of Defense, down into the laundry room. And, you know, George is back there. And I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. So he picks up this puppy, this dachshund puppy. And here's the Secretary of Defense going like this. So I'm like, I'm sure I'm seeing a side that the White House has never seen. So I was like, that's really cute. I'm going back upstairs because I'm scared. And I go upstairs. And later that night, I say to Mr. Rumsfeld, you know, there's an essay by E.B. White that's like a, a love letter to his dachshund. You should really get it. And he says, oh, that's terrific. Let me go bomb Cambodia, and I'll get right back to you. <laughs> so the next day, my life in DC was, you know, George was working, and I was just getting pregnant. That's how bored I was. And I was doing my errands, which was like sweatpants and Uggs and my hair and a pencil. And you know, I'd go to Whole Foods, and then I'd go to Blue Mercury and go, oh, this anti-wrinkle cream will work. I know it. <laughs> and then I would go to Barnes and Nobles, and I went in, and I was like, I'm to buy that E.B. White book for Mr. Rumsfeld. It'll be like a thank you, a nice thank you gift, but I remembered and, you know, nice tie up. So I go and, and I buy the book and the woman at Barnes and Noble says, you know, you want me to wrap it? Do you want teddy bears or globes? And I was like, globes? <laughs> Perfect. So she wraps it up. She puts it in the Barnes and Noble bag. I drive up to Mr. Rumsfeld's huge brick mansion. And I realized, oh, God, I'm wearing sweatpants and Uggs. Meanwhile, you have to step over coffee cups from Starbucks in my car, in my Volvo. <laughs> and I thought, I got out, I thought, oh, God, I, sh I can't ring the bell. What if he comes to the door and this is, you know, I look like something the cat would not drag in. <laughs> and so I sort of stood there for a minute and I thought, I'm just going to throw it over the fence. <laughs> so I throw it over the fence. Two seconds later, the gardener, the guy on that car, and some, the paper boy are like, freeze! <laughs> <laughs> so I said something which I thought somehow would save my life. I was like, I'm George Stephanopoulos' <laughs> wife! <laughs> which, by the way, in that administration could have gone either way. Um, so they took the package and they took it to McLean, probably with my dress. Um, and I came home and I said to George, weirdest thing happened today. <laughs> And he said, what? I go, oh, you know, they're, they're gonna. And he goes, you threw a brown package over Donald Rumsfeld's fence? The Secretary of Defense while we're at war? And I was like, yeah, what, what do you want for dinner? What? I know. Oh my God. I know. Oh my God. All right, nice. nope, lesson, lesson. You are a nicer person than everyone else in the entire world. Okay. Or an idiot. In she the said, chapter. Yeah. She said, yeah. I said, I'm or an idiot, yeah. Someone, someone's gonna say Mother. it. Someone's gonna say it somewhere. Yeah, I know, I you know. That's why you don't, don't look, read Twitter or Instagram or anything, because you know, yeah. you'll see those I'll things. I'll get enough hate mail, yeah. Um, in the chapter entitled Maine, yeah. you talk about the weekend trips that your family takes every summer to visit your mom, Muffy. I love that name so much, I wanna cry. You say that the greatest gift is that it is an annual retelling of your family's history, that the history, it's the history of your heritage. You say, it's important to know your roots, your history, where you hail from. It informs the person you become, unless you're a Dahmer, in which case you should keep it to yourself. I think that's fair. Very fair. Yeah. Very fair. Yeah. So your father, 
was a reporter for the Washington Post. Mm -hmm. Your stepfather was editor of the London Sunday Times. Mm -hmm. Your grandmother was the famous explorer Janet Elliott Wilson. Mm -hmm. And you are a direct descendant of William Bradford, the cap captain of the Mayflower. Oh, don't say wow. Just, they a, were just, all... just a side note, my relatives come from a shtetl in Poland. <laughs> Let me just break the myth right now, and my daughters can What's back me up on this. What's the myth? It's fact. No, the myth is that the, everybody that got on the Mayflower, they're all pimps and drug addicts and criminals. It wasn't like, oh, here come the best. But he the best. was the captain. Oh, he was, all right, he was the captain and a pusher and whatever. <laughs> or as one of my kids said that she did research and they were all cannibals. So, I mean, I'm not proud to be a pilgrim. Well, there, there is, there is an, um, but you have an to explorer's, you there's an explorer's spirit. That that yes that goes a vein through all of these well, people. And there, there, there. We are from a long line of strong-willed women. We just are. I mean, my grandmother made a boat out of zack skin or yak skin or some some animal out there, and she was on camelback for four years with her explorer husband. And you know, and my mother is, as you know, we all know Muffy now, is a force of nature. And me and my sisters are pretty sort of strong-willed women. So it's, it's in our blood. And now I have two daughters, and of course George lives with all girls. And I say to him, listen, they're gonna be getting their period when I'm going through menopause, you need to get your own apartment <laughs> on the Upper West Side. <laughs> and I'm not joking. I'm like, come for Sunday supper, but we will eat you alive. <laughs> They, they know their lineage through him, you know. He's, yes. They, he, there hasn't been a, a cell of another ethnicity for like a thousand years. I mean, he's pure Greek, and I'm pure wasp, and it was time for the gene pools to mix up because I told him, if you married a Greek woman and had a baby, it would look like Cousin It. It would just be this <laughs> ball of hair. And if I had married a wasp and had a baby, they'd look like those early American portraits of those bulbous kids. <laughs> That looked tubercular and really sick, so we had to do it. We had to. Well, we had to we're really happy you did. Do you, do you think? Do you consider yourself having an explorer's spirit? Like, do you have wanderlust? Do you feel like, because you you? It's are, a different kind of like I will. I'll come out on Jimmy Kimmel and Pasties. I will say anything. I'll write anything. Like I'm all about you know being fearless. Uh, if there's no Wi-Fi in Mongolia, I'm out. So let's be very, like, I gotta fly business. Like, I'm not an explorer, like, you know, I'm taking my daughter to Africa this summer, and there's That's... four seasons. And so, um, and we're, we're actually volunteering at a hospital called the Village Health Works, and I'm, I'm terrified. You're gonna love it. I know, I know I'm gonna, love, gonna it, love it, but I'm just saying, I'm, you know, I don't go out of the Upper East Side. Like, I'm scared, what if I break a nail? <laughs> But you, every year, you go, to, you go to the Caribbean and you, like, walk with your sun hat on and you walk through the water and you find shells with your feet. And... Yeah, but that's different than having my leg in a crocodile's <laughs> mouth. Um, a little. No, you just, you get, you get spoiled by the comforts yeah. of home. Um, in the chapter, Pretty Funny, yeah. you say it is so much better to be funny than pretty. It's true. Totally agree. Yeah. You say if it was a choice between Phyllis Diller and Bridget Bardot, it's Phyllis Diller all the way. Yep. It's the hair. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but you have teenage daughters. Yeah. And no, they better be pretty. There are. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And there are the Kardashians yeah. and Instagram celebrities who are model wannabes and beauty is a commodity. And we as women and young girls are susceptible to gauging our value based on our looks. So you go into a story about one of your daughters showing up at bedtime wearing a contraption on her nose an uplifting, shaping bridge straightener. <laughs> and you were horrified. And secretly and you, jealous. And you made, made yeah. her get well, rid of it. Well, first of all, because my daughters are here, I will say that you, because of the internet, you're bombarded with so much more stuff than I was as yeah. a kid. And so I walk around the house going, you know, there's nothing better than a pretty biochemist, which I'm sure goes in you know, one or the other. <laughs> um, but, you know, I do try to talk to them about you know, yes, they're pretty, but what, what else, what else? Or if they, you know, they see some, somebody, you know, in a bikini sticking their ass up with a lollipop, I go, okay, yeah, but there's a hole that she's trying to fill and it's not about that. Uh, uh. And then I, you know, then I scare them and say, all colleges look at social media and you won't get into college. And then, you know. That puts an end to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I try to, I do try to kind of Show them the bigger picture because again, yeah. I'm I'm I do the same thing. Well, I was gonna ask, how do you how do you negotiate your deeply held belief that prioritizing how you look is harmful to our girls and our society as a whole, and being an actress and an author who has to do hair and makeup and stylists because outside corporation, you know, corporate entities are telling you that it does matter. It, let me just tell you something. I, was ne I never had a career about being pretty. So I, I was off the hook from the beginning. Like I never, I never had love scenes. I was the one that would try to put nudity in my contract and they were like, <laughs> we don't want to see you naked. And I'm like, let's just shoot it and then you can decide in editing. <laughs> um, but I, so I never ever was like, oh, I'm the pretty girl. It was always like um, the best friend role or the, and I, think of myself as a character actress. So when you're a character actress, you can work for the rest of your life because you're a character actress. So you can be the fat old crazy lady with dementia, even if you are, but you can play that. And I found that once that pressure was off, that I, right. you know, that I don't, I just don't care. I mean, the, you know, I'll be in hair and makeup and I'll just say to the guys, you know, they'll be and I'll go, who cares? Who cares? And they're like, well, I do. It's my livelihood and you're <laughs> And you cannot yeah. look off. But, um, yeah, so it was a huge relief to me to not have to worry about it. You know, every once in a while, I, I have to sort of think of my husband because he's like, you know, you should work out just for your health, not because you're... <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried about you. Um, but... But I also have beautiful daughters, and I think they're beautiful inside and out. And so, you know, I try to water the inside more than the out. But, um, you know, they're getting nose jobs and their teeth whiten next year. <laughs> but you're not pretty. They have to move out. You, you, but you did, you did one sex scene. I did. When you were younger. Yes, I did. And at that time, were you more anxious about looking right for Hollywood? Here's the thing. I, if it's funny, I'll do it. If I wasn't, I swear to God, if I wasn't married to George, I would post an Instagram in a bikini with my <laughs> belly hanging over and like a, a welcome mat of pubic hair and I'd just be like, Insta, <laughs> but, but that's not fair to him or my children. But I mean, to me, I, I would love to, you know, be throwing up, having food poisoning and being like, Insta. Um, 
but you know, again, I have to think of them. Um, but there is something freeing about not kind of worrying about that for me. Anyway, yeah. so when I did this love scene, um, here's my favorite thing. I was doing it, and I, the other girl in the movie was Charlize Theron. And, oh, I know, don't worry, she was a love interest. And she, this was like her first movie, and she had a really strong South African accent. Oh, that's sexy. So I would sit on the, you know, I would sit on the set with her for days, and I go, oh, this poor girl can't act. Um, and I kept saying to her, what else do you like to do? And she'd say, well, you know, I like psychology. I'm like, do that. This is a brutal business, Charlize. It's not going to happen for you. Big star, big star. Next movie I do with Mina Savari, I was like, honey, what else do you like to do? <laughs> I'm like the star maker. Um, but so I, in, the, in the movie, I had to wear lingerie. I had like a sexy scene, but it was funny because he had fallen in love with Charlize and I was the bitchy fiance and I came to surprise him and I was in lingerie and she was coming up and I was in the room and what was he gonna do? And so, the, you know, they put lingerie on me, and then they do this thing, which always feels good. A bunch of people come in my trailer, and they're like, oh, all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> spray tan. Spray tan. Yeah. People I don't know are where my children once lived, and they're patting me. I'm always patted, no matter what I do. I, I could be talking to the Council of Foreign Relations, and they'll come in, and they'll pat my bra. <laughs> And, you know, I was all padded up, and I was, like, glued and sticked and pinned and duct taped. And I did the scene, but as soon as I walked on the set, for me, it was like, how do I make this funny? Right. It, I didn't, I, even if the teddy fell off, or I, I would have, you know, taken a shit on the floor if I thought that was going <laughs> to laugh. So in my head is, what would be funny? What would be funny? Right. So that is a very freeing thing. Because then you don't care if the duct tape comes. You know, you're just, you, right. you know this. It's like oh. you go for the funny. Yeah. And you've been in all kinds of situations on Will and Grace where you yeah, were the prettiest. Yeah, but my naked butt wasn't like... Not on yet. A, on a, oh, it will never happen. Insta it will never, ever happen. Mm -mm. Okay. Um, can, we, can we talk about your sex life? Everybody else is. I mean... <laughs> yeah. Girls, go get some milk duds. <laughs> I, you, you have a whole chapter about how a happy marriage is taboo now. Yes. I think years ago, people, well, there was like that ice storm, the 70s, where everybody was miserable. And then there 77. was... 77. 77. <laughs> I was in New England. Okay. I couldn't go to All school. Right. 77. And then after that, there, the pendulum swung and everybody was like, we're totally happily married. We couldn't be happier. And now I've noticed that... Um, when I go out sometimes with people, not, you know, good friends, but I go out with people and everyone's going like, oh, I, I hate my husband. He's such a <laughs> Or, oh my God, I'm having an affair with my kid's lacrosse coach. He is so hot. And I have nothing to share, which is incredibly frustrating for me because I like to talk. And I have nothing, I have nothing to share. And then every once in a while, you know, sex comes up and they're like, well, do you, you, don't, you know, I haven't had sex with my husband for 12 years. Have you ever? And I go... <laughs> No, no, we have sex a few times a week. And, like, the wine glasses break in their hands and blood. And people get really mad. And so... Oh, I was pissed. Yeah. So I... George and I keep it on the I down was... low. And we kind of go out with other happily married the couples. The secret's out. Late at night. <laughs> yeah. 
But, you know, but there's this one line, and I guess, you know, because George did the Comey interview, they had to find something, so they dug through my little book, and then, you know, George is getting a lot of sex. And I was like, well, all right. I don't, how much is Lester Holt getting a night? <laughs> how, how bad can it be? By the way, I did GMA, and right after, Chris Rock was coming on, and Chris Rock, he was so, he was like, that's right, you go out there and you be a married woman that fucks. And I was like, okay. He goes, people don't go out there and talk about being married and fucking, but if people should go out there and talk about being married and fucking, you should be that person. I go, all right, I'll go out and talk about being married and fucking. But um, he was so like, Surprised and you know elated, like that was going to be my PSA from now on. <laughs> I think it's an important PSA, right? I am not ashamed of it. I am not ashamed. No, of it. I and I think I think you, a physical you're, relationship. You're very so inspiring in that way. Yeah. You but know. By the way, I show my children colored photograph books of STDs just so they don't get the same idea. <laughs> yes, that's scrotum elephantitis. <laughs> But, I mean, you, you have been very open with your girls from a very young age that, you know, okay, Daddy and I are going to go and make love now. Oh, we, do, we say we're going to go take a nap, but they get it. <laughs> if the necktie's on the door, go do the physics homework. <laughs> um, Which I think is so fantastic. And, I mean, I think it's so healthy. And I literally do not know another person on Earth or another couple on Earth who has that kind of relationship with their children that, you know, are, are, are teaching them for, from a very young age how important intimacy and physical yeah, relations are. Yeah, it's not like a with... cult. It doesn't get weird at our house. I just want to make no, sure No, no, you... no. Yeah, there's not an Eskimo thing. But... Um... But I, you know, I also didn't Was it wanna... like that in your home when you were growing up? Oh, yes. Muffy, she was a big <laughs> swinger. <laughs> oh my God, she put on the Nixon mask and things would get crazy. <laughs> no, we didn't ever, ever talk about sex. Ever. You, you didn't mention it. Oh my God. It, I, I, I'm starting to sweat thinking about <laughs> it. See, you're turning red. So no, there was no mention of it, no talk about it, which which I think is, you know, there's a, there's a happy medium. I don't think you want to overexposed, right. but you know, my my 12 year old came home, she was doing sex education at school, and they had, a, they had a book called It's Perfectly Normal. It's not, by the way, some of the things in the book were not perfectly normal. <laughs> First of all, it's a cartoon book. Don't do sex ed book where like the fat lady and the skinny guy are, you know. <laughs> I had one just they like go, that. Oh, they come in all shapes and sizes. Yeah, yeah. And there were things in it that I was like, wow, I don't think she should, she should know this. And we were sitting at dinner, and she said, Mommy, Daddy, do you guys have anal sex? And I said, only for jewelry, sweetie. Because <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> By the way, does anybody know a good therapist? Because they're going to have to start going starting tomorrow. But because I deflect with humor, because I don't know, I don't know how to answer that. I, I don't think she should, you know... At 12 years old, I think it's... No, I... There's a bird and there's a bee. Yeah. Which, by the way, it makes no sense. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it but doesn't either. Yeah, I, I, so there's a, there's a happy medium. I think it's, it's okay to be, you know, affectionate. I love my yeah. husband. But, you know, we don't have to download porn to get the point across either. You talk about deflecting with comedy. And when you, you were talking about being a funny girl, um, you said that, you're, that 
you know, comedy was your strength and your shield. Always. How, how is it your shield? Um, I think it's easy to deflect with comedy to not show real emotion. Like, you know, you always give me a hard time because you say I don't hug, right? You don't. I know. I, let's show it. I, yeah. All right, let's show it. I, but by the way, it, it, because I go like this. Hi. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like she's scared I have an erection. Yeah. <laughs> right? She's going like this. There's no and she point. she doesn't want to feel it. No, I don't. No. Okay, now you stand there. Oh God! You're gonna give me a Jew I'm hug. I'm gonna do the Jew hug. Okay. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. Come here, come here, come here. I'm uncomfortable. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. All right. Yeah. See. But, Wait, all right. Which one do you think is 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 better and more natural? Second. The second. Those are my children. See? Yes, okay. Okay, you know, know what? They just let you know that they want to be hugged but, like a Jew. But the hug... <laughs> Anytime you, you want a real hug, Go come on, to Aunt Deborah. Aunt Deborah. But that's, but, but that's kind of a metaphor. I can, you know, I, I joke around because I don't necessarily want to go deep. But it's so funny, though, because, because you're all about going deep. Well, not in front of an audience. I mean... I mean, you know, when I think about someone who, like, deflects and you're saying, like, you know, you don't want to get too close, you know, I, I feel like that is also uh, compatible with someone who doesn't like to reveal themselves very much. And you are not that person. You, you know, you, you don't want to sit down with a girlfriend and talk about, like, oh, where'd you get the boots? You wanna, yeah. you wanna talk about what's happening in the world and if they're happy and if they're satisfied and what that's are their true, dreams. But, uh, but, uh, but it's about them. Oh, <gasps> that's true. Oh my God. Rick. Oh my God. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, no, the, I'm, I'm great about you. I wanna know about you and I wanna help you and I wanna you know, send you flowers you're allergic to. But, <laughs> but because I'm like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. So how do I get you are you trying to make me cry? To share? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be Oprah. Yeah. It's um, not working. Well, I'll work on it. There's a costume. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I think... Do you think I, it's your upbringing? I, I think it's my upbringing. Yeah. I think it's... Um, I do with close friends. I'll go deep. But in a kind of public arena, or even with people I don't know that well, that's my shtick. Yeah. That's... You know, because you don't want to, you know, you play your cards close to your chest. And some people do it, you know, and it's clear that they're, that's what they're doing. Whereas you don't know that I'm doing that because then, and then, and then, and then, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's what we do. They won't notice. Yeah. Yeah. So I deflect. I, I, I totally, I totally respect that. And thank you. We will talk more in depth later when we're alone. With, yeah. And I will ask you questions, and you will not be allowed to ask me one question. All right. You will have to answer all of my oh questions. Oh, my God. Now, the audience has lots of questions. Oh, Lord. Okay, let's um, hear it. This is that, it's, it's that time. Do we have our questions ready? Here they come. Da 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 Thank you. <clears throat> okay. Here we go. Oh, yeah, why aren't you answering now? <laughs> well, because I feel like you already answered okay. that one. Okay, yep, yep. Um, Okay. Please advise us on skincare and exercise. 
There, yes. Uh, I use cobra venom on my nose. Okay. And pig placenta seems to expel. Um, I defer to my 15-year-old daughter for skincare. I don't okay. know from skincare. Um, I am susceptible. If I go into a department store and you tell me that I will look 13 if I put this mask on, I'll do it. Uh, I'll go to Urban Outfitters, and if it's a Korean mask with a panda on it, I'll buy it. Um, <laughs> so I don't necessarily have a skincare regime. regime. Um, in terms of exercise, um, I haven't been a fan for a long time. You exercise, though. Now I do, because here's the thing. It used to be, you used to kind of could get me with like, oh my God, you have to wear a bathing suit, and be like, all right, maybe. Now it's just to stave off death. Now it's like, <laughs> I gotta get my heart going. It, it's all about like wanting to be around for a while. Um, and then I had one of these moments uh, with George where, He's in such great shape. I mean, he works out for his body and his mind, and he meditates, and he's like, you know, I know. Yeah. Um, wait till I write that book. And, <laughs> and so one, one night we were, you know, getting ready to go to bed, and I'll wear flannel pajamas. Which Sexy. Is, yeah, he doesn't like it, but I like it. They come off anyway, it doesn't matter. Well, these are Laura Ashley ones that okay. are taped. <laughs> and... <laughs> I have a corset, and so, you know, the, we would go in, and I'd turn the lights out, because, you know, I'm... And one time, we're on either side, and I went like this. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I was expecting, you're so beautiful, I love you so much. And he goes like this. It's okay. <laughs> and I went to the gym the next day. Um, this same person... Yeah. ...on the same card says... My husband hasn't had sex with me since January 21st. What's up with that? <laughs> right there. I wonder if he's here. Um, well, there could be medical reasons. Um, I can't answer that without knowing him, but, you know, a, a friend of mine, Donnie Deutsch, once said, if, a, I know, if a man if your husband's not having sex with you, he's having sex with somebody else. Because men need sex. <laughs> so I don't know if that's true, but I, I feel like... <laughs> what? You, you just blew my mind. We'll talk about it later. Well, so, I mean, January, February, March, April, that's fine. <laughs> But here's the other thing. If your husband is feeling not sexy, like he feels out of shape or um, sometimes Turn off the lights. you don't feel sexy. Yeah, I'm there. I, I've been there. You, don't, you just don't, you don't want to So what should it. she do? Um, Clearly, she, by the way, she's not happy about I it. I think she should. Um, I love that people are taking me seriously as someone that should advise you. <laughs> um, I th I, are you trying to have sex with him? You should, you should, you know. You do it. You, you initiate it. Um, sometimes as women, we always want to be the ones being chased. But, you know, it's, sometimes it's very sexy for the man for you to kind of take over. So you should um, do that. <laughs> okay. Put Viagra on his cereal. I don't know. Um, this next one. What do you do when you're tired of everything and being on? How do you recharge and get inspired again? P.S. Deb, I wrote my college application essay about you. Oh, someone gets to go backstage after the show. 
I love you. Um, no, it's a great question. What do you do when you're tired of everything and tired of being on? How do you recharge and get inspired again? What do you do? Two things. Either I go to an outlet mall for the day. <laughs> it's not a joke. I do. I'll go to an outlet mall. Which one? I'll go to Woodland Commons. I mean, Woodbury Commons. I don't care. To Paramus. Just anywhere. Okay. Just drop me out of my life. Okay. And... I'm, let me look for some Jimmy Choo Flats for $40. <laughs> and I'll spend the day there, and then I'll get really hungry and have to go to the food court because I'm about to pass out. And I won't think about anything else, about, but I'm finding a bargain. Loman's used to be the place I would go. I love Loman's. Yeah. So sad it's gone. I, the it, other Marshalls thing I do. and TJ Maxx was my, that, that was well, my thing. Well, that's hit or miss. Thing. That's hit or it miss. Is hit, but, you know, it makes you focus. You don't you have, have to, to tell really, me that. You have to really focus, because you know, you know the good is there somewhere. I, I was once at Century 21 and got into a fight with Angelica Houston over a sweater. <laughs> you are lying. I'm not lying. We were like going like this, and I was like, you're rich, you don't need this mohair sweater. That's awesome. I know. Stuff like that happens at Century 21. Okay. Um, I also, this is yes. true, and my daughters can attest, I will get a pint of Haagen-Dazs coffee ice cream and I will SVU marathon on USA Today yes. all day. I do too. Yeah. Because I get to see my friends. We should do it. That's how, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I do that too. Yeah. We should do it together. Yeah, I'm happy, except you don't need ice cream. I have fake ice cream that I eat. Halo? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the peanut butter flavor, the non-dairy peanut butter flavor, you can, you can actually get I've that. I've had it. It's... Uh, I mean, well, you know what? You're just making me. You no, know, I mean, just, it's. You can have you can eat dairy. Cardboard. You can eat dairy. Yeah, I yes, can. I can. So, you know what? <laughs> All right, you both are parents of teenagers. Do you allow Snapchat? And how do you navigate social media and porn? Mom from Connecticut. You take that. You have a boy. My girls don't know from porn. <laughs> it's all cupcakes and puppies at our house. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do not allow my son to have Snapchat. Um, he and I play on mine so that we can do the goofy little things together, and I'm in complete control of it. Um, he just has Instagram, and like you, it's just private. No one else can yeah. see it. Um, in terms of uh, porn, he did mention the other day Pornhub. Oh, shit. That's right. <laughs> oh. And I was like, Huh? Um, and I, I asked him how he knew about this because I have a lockdown on every computer in the house and on the iPads and everything. So it's like... Which is why he always goes to Scooter's house well, after school. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Is clearly he's got friends who don't have uh, blocked access to the internet and he is uh, hearing about Pornhub and uh, it terrifies me. He's probably been on it, right? I, um, if he knows about it, he at this point, Click. he at this point says that he has never watched because I had a I had a, a long talk with him about that, um, and it was it was a serious it was a really serious conversation which won't make anybody laugh here now so I won't go into it but it was a serious conversation. No, it's it's actually it's it's tricky with boys now because you know they can Google boobies and go to in the dark seconds. web in two seconds. In two seconds. Yeah, and. Um, and I just, I just think it would be devastating for that to be the first impression of what making love is. Yeah. 
I Especially that... with the way you hug. I... <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I, I listen. I the, it all it all terrifies me. Somebody told me today I look like Stormy Daniels, and I was like, "You do." Oh, no. <laughs> From here up, I do. You yeah. could go to her doctor and look like her. Why would I do that? And oh, you mean get those? If you want those, no, I know who needs no, them. No, I'm all straw hats and growing tomatoes now. That's the phase of life. I'm in. Um, what What you did not answer about the last question was um, when you are sort of out of it. What inspires you and brings you back on track? My kids, always my kids. They come home from school and I hear, mommy! And it, you know, I get up off the couch. <laughs> clean up all the coffee ice cream I spilled. Change my shirt, because that's got dribble all over it. No, I hear their voices and I'm just so excited that they're home and I want to be with them and you know, they're, they're everything. Family is everything. And my dog, Cooper. Dogs are. By the way. Okay, this is the last question. <laughs> this is my dog park friend. Is dog there? Oh. <laughs> By the way, and I'm, I'm, if you, women in your middle years, and you, I know you know this. <laughs> Petco should have a perimenopause adoption day. Because <laughs> if you get a dog, you will be satiated for life. This dog, Cooper, who I met online, like how everybody finds people now, and I saw his face and I was like, oh, I want to tap that. <laughs> and my husband was like, that looks like a big dog. I go, no, it's a chihuahua, he's a hound. And this dog, when I walk in the door, it's like Beyonce walked in. He's like, oh my God, I love you so much. <laughs> when George goes to work at three in the morning, Cooper gets into bed with me. George doesn't lick my face. All I have to do is give this dog a can of food and he's, he's like good to go. George, I gotta make a steak and a salad. <laughs> I'm telling you, a dog is a midlife savior. Dogs are, dogs are better than people. I love, That's my I belief. love Cooper. Okay, everybody, this is our last question of the night. What is the one thing you know? For sure? For sure. <laughs> the one thing I know for sure. Um, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is not gonna be haha <laughs> funny, but get out your pen and paper. Um, <laughs> this is what I know for sure. Family is everything. Friendship is everything. I believe in being authentic and fearless and, uh, and now more than ever, I think it's really important to laugh. I think nobody's laughing right now, and I, we need a little levity. Well, so I'm a big believer in that. Well, thank God for you. Well, thank and God, thank for, God you. for your new book. Thank God for you. And Allie's book. Thanks for listening. 92Y Talks is supported by a generous endowment established by Daphne Reconati Kaplan and Thomas S. Kaplan. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and find more great conversations at 92yondemand.org.